When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and SENSA 1629. Paul Bonzer and Twig Rawlings with you. um, Twig, it's been a good show so far, but we've got a couple of guests coming up and one no bigger than this man right here and his thanks to uh, Mate, Mate Pocket Change Mobile Plans with Mate. It's uh, from the Geelong Footy Club. Matthew Egan, welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA. G'day, Paul. G'day, Twig. How are you guys? Good, Ego. Good to have you on, mate. Um, now, I just want to ask you, basically, uh, after last season's success, how have the boys bounced back for this preseason? Yeah, it's been a good preseason. Um, a little bit different to probably the year before. Um, uh, obviously, starting a little bit later and uh, the layoff, it went really quick. Um, we had two weeks, really, of full training. Uh, before the three-week break over Christmas and then, you know, sort of a good four-week block of training and then you sort of into intra-clubs and uh, we get our first practice match uh, against Hawthorne tomorrow. So it's gone really quick, to be honest. And head, Ego is head of development. How does it operate at your system with a, a group that went all the way last year and quite a mature age group at the, in the senior level? How does it, the program get managed when it comes to first and second year players, new draftees coming through? How do you guys balance all that out? Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're pretty top-end, obviously, in the AFL, and then the VFL, we're pretty young. So it's actually the biggest academy group um, I've ever worked with. We've got 17 uh, in the first three-year guys. So um, we we obviously spread them out. Uh, the first year's a sort of 70 to 80% load, um, but it also depends on uh, how their two previous seasons in the AB League and interstate sort of leagues go. Um, if they've had some niggles, it could be slightly less. If they've played every game and haven't missed a beat through those times, sometimes it's slightly more. Um, and in, once they're into their second year, if they're progressing really well and there's been no issues with injuries, um, we sort of let them go. So third year is obviously just um, still learning a few little things around their habits and, and leadership and things like that. But um, we treat them all differently, to be honest. If if they're coping, no worries. Um, their bodies are fine and they're showing no signs of fatigue or, or stress. Um, we sort of progress them pretty quickly. So how close do you keep eye on that data? And, and do you get data from their under-18s that's basically just giving given to the clubs across the board? Yeah, the recruiters um, have everything, to be honest. They've, they've got um, anything from interviews with high school um, teachers, to um, their local coaches, to um, obviously parents and things like that. Um, but yeah, they get a lot of data. Um, normally games played and games missed is, is obviously most important and missed through injury. Um, and then we progress it pretty slowly uh, once they start as Twig knows really well. Um, but if, if they're coping really um, with no issues and, and we've seen progress their bodies and they're handling the 
the AFL rigors of, you know, it's, it's three really big sessions a week in pre-season and plus weights, um, plus, you know, uh, sessions in between those big sessions of craft and, and low-level skills. Um, yeah, we just treat them all differently. We get a lot of data, obviously, through high-performance and sports science guys, and um, they just sort of send a weekly report on how they're tracking. And um, you still got to back your eye a little bit. you still got to watch them closely. And, and sometimes it's gut feel that he just looks a bit tired and stressed and, and things like that. And you might um, check the data and just to see if we've missed anything. But, um, yeah, we've got obviously a lot of people uh, in, in an AFL environment that can sort of feed the information and, and help you out a bit. You mentioned Ego as well about having 17 plays in that one to three bracket. There's been no doubt a perception and possibly reality that there was a lot of mature age players on Geelong's list. There's also been a heavy emphasis in the last two years to, to recruit players from Geelong. Has that been a targeted practice or has it just been by virtue of where they've landed in the draft that you guys have been able to recruit them and bring them in? Yeah, um, yeah, it does feel like a lot. So in our academy groups, um, it's it's nearly half are from Geelong Falcons. Um, obviously, bringing in Ollie Henry uh, and Tanner Bruin, um, two two guys that are probably high end talent that um, had mentioned around wanting to get home. So that they're sort of ones that is probably the the advantage of being a local community and you know an hour and a bit out of Melbourne that they just wanted to get back to the surf coast and be with family and friends. And, yeah, this year's draft, we obviously had a few. We had a Cat B, um, which he, uh, Ted Close didn't get picked up by anyone, so we were able to take him as a, as a Cat B. So he's obviously Falcons, a father-son, um, which obviously helps. And then, um, obviously, with the trade with, with Gold Coast, we were able to get um, Jai Clark um, and Jack Bowe. So um, I think some some of it is twig. Like, if, if, um, if it's a... Um, there's two guys and they're, you know, identical. Potentially, um, they're taking, they're looking at the, the Falcons team. But I don't think it's locked. I think every year will be slightly different. And we've got a lot of uh, spotters around um, everywhere. And the recruiters probably just every year just weighed up slightly differently. But this year there was a lot. Yeah. You played at the Cats and then moved away with your coaching and spent ten years away from the club. Back at the Cats, do you think the time away? from Geelong has helped your development as a coach? Yeah, it does. Uh, the, the club's obviously changed dramatically in the 10 years uh, since I left. I mean, we are doing weights in a, in a shed in 2007 uh, when I was playing and come back and it's the best gym I've ever seen. So facility-wise and, and staff, it obviously changed a lot. But you do just need to um, get out and uh, learn new systems, learn off new coaches. I mean, I met so many great people uh, my time at Essendon, um, inc- incredible uh, club that just went through a, a disastrous five years. And I was there for all the five during the ESADA scandal. And um, I learned more about myself, uh, about how to coach, about getting the best out of individuals um, around dealing with stress and anxiety and um, things like that through Essendon. And even though I spent five years there, it felt like uh, 10 years of learning, um, and I obviously got a great opportunity to coach Essendon for three games. Um, and then, yeah, going to Melbourne, obviously um, spent some great years with Twig there. And, uh, yeah, again, see a new system. Uh, they'd gone through a bit of a rebuild, obviously got some high-end talent, um, and I got to see that talent sort of start from scratch and then build their way up um, into a premiership team. So you just learn a lot um, 
through different people, different coaches, different environments. I mean, Melbourne just didn't have a great facility. Essendon had an amazing facility, but it doesn't matter sometimes. It just matters around what you're able to get done week to week and uh, and the people you've got in those environments that are that are pushing the players. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a great experience. And now I get to sort of put, put all the learnings uh, hopefully back into Geelong, which when you walk in, it, it's funny. You, you feel like you're walking in uh, into home even though it's a totally different environment, different people, you just feel really comfortable. And, um, yeah, it's got that weird sort of uh, homely uh, Geelong sort of community feel about it. And just on that, Ego, can you bring the listeners in South Australia about how intense the footy flavour is in Geelong? Like over here, everything's port and it's Adelaide and it's uh, got a lot of intensity to it and a lot of it gets... Both clubs were training and their performances get critiqued and reviewed. How big is it in Geelong with the daily paper, the advertised down there as well? Yeah, it's it's it gets a lot of um, obviously the whole town is obviously focused on Geelong, but it's, it doesn't have a, a crazy intensity about it. It's it's quite a warm, um, supportive environment. I mean, all the boys don't need to hide in different um, cafes and things. They just walk around normally. Um, the people might, you know, say good day and things, but there's there's never any um, tension. Um, yeah, it's a, I haven't obviously lived in South Australia or um, Western Australia. The, the two teams sort of um, craziness of uh, how important footy is. Um, it's obviously really important here, but it's um, the players are definitely able to switch off and they all live pretty close by to each other or, or down the surf coach, coast, which is only 25 minutes away. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really nice environment. Not that I live here, uh, I'm still in Melbourne, but um, yeah, hopefully one day. Speaking with Head of Development of the Geelong, Geelong Footy Club, Matthew Egan. Matthew, uh, obviously there's a massive hole in your club this year. No Joel Selwood, who's been, I guess, the lifeblood of the club, though, the beating heart, if you want to call it. Um, is there? A, can you feel the difference without Joel there? Um, yeah, you can in certain um, aspects. He had a um, serious intensity about him um, his whole career. I mean, when when you played with him uh, and you're doing any sort of ground ball drill, uh, you knew it was a fight to the death. And he still had that um, last year doing rehab skills with a first-year player. If he missed a kick, um, they would know about it if they were doing it with Joel. Um, so, he, yeah, if you're doing a hand session, you're doing morning craft, and you're thinking it's fun, um, it turns pretty quick when Joel was around because he wanted to improve and get the best out of himself. So it's definitely, um, you know, definitely you're missing his intensity and how important uh, the little things were and about your preparation. Uh, But so many players learned so many things off Joel that hopefully now those guys are able to transfer their learnings of playing with Joel for 10 years, um, to our young players, which which they are really well. I mean, Tom Stewart's learning a lot. Um, Mark Blitzarves, Paddy Dangerfield, they all got um, Cam Guthrie, Zach Tui. They got so much time with Joel um, that we feel like they're passing a lot of their learnings now onto the guys. Um, they're doing it their own way. You can't try to be Joel because you just won't get there. Um, obviously, just he was born to lead. I was actually talking about someone today over lunch that um, it was like, not many people just rock up and they're leaders instantly, and he was. Um, some just take years to, to learn the skill and the art of, of being a great leader, but he was just a leader right from the start. So um, we're not trying to replace him. We obviously just need new leaders to step up and do it their own way. 
And Ego, you did get the chance to play with Joel in 2007. I mean, unfortunately, that was your last year in AFL footy. Do you mind just bringing us in a little bit about your background? Like, you, I think it was 50 odd games, all Australia in 2007. Unfortunately, broke your navicular in the last round of the year and tried to get back to be part of that final series. Never played another game. Can you tell us a bit about that that uh, traumatic incident and how it shaped you over the last few years? Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, it was it was a, a career that went. Um, you know, I grew up playing tennis and basketball and um, footy come around pretty quickly and I played one one year local and then one year VFL and then I was drafted. So I hadn't played many games um, in total before I hit the AFL, but being big and um, having some agility from my tennis and basketball background sort of transferred into footy nicely. And uh, yeah, it sort of went really well in 2007, obviously heading... Um, a pretty successful year. The last game of the year against Brisbane uh, was playing on Jonathan Brown and I was in the middle of the ground at the Gabba, uh, which you know well, Twig, playing uh, many games there. Uh, really hard deck in the middle and um, I thought Jonathan Brown was going to jump at the ball so I went to jump and he actually stopped and I got a bit of an extra lift but I sort of twisted in the air and just landed awkwardly on my right foot Um and, yeah, just felt instant pain. It was right towards the end of the first quarter um, and went off, strapped it up to try to come back on. I just got sore and sore. And, um, yeah, three days later, had an operation. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Um, missed the grand final um, that year and uh, spent the next sort of three years um, trying to sort it out and fix it and um, had seven operations uh, six operations on it during that time just to try to fix the navicular bone, um, but just couldn't get it right. So um, decided in 2009, uh, I asked Bomber Thompson if I was able to get into some coaching. I knew that I was going to miss 2009. And he said, you can, but you need to do it full time and you need to do your rehab outside of um, outside of hours. So I did that and fell in love with coaching. I've always loved leadership and helping younger players Um but I got an amazing opportunity in 2009 to work with Dale Amos and James Raleigh, who's over in South Australia now. Um, amazing opportunity to, to coach and work with a great club. And, um, yeah, I've been coaching ever since. So it was a really a great opportunity Bomber gave me and the club. And, um, yeah, there's a, obviously a sad part that I finished at 24 and uh, didn't get to play much. But I've also, uh, I'm only 39 and I've been coaching 13 years. So I see it as, as a real positive as well. Well, Matt, uh, we'll let you go because we do have James Raleigh on the on the line waiting <laughs> to speak to us. So uh, it's one oh, out. Amazing. So, uh, look, thanks for your time. Appreciate the chat and hopefully we can catch up across the season as well. Best of luck. No worries. See you, guys. Do you want to go? Uh, Matthew Egan there from the Geelong Footy Club and $1 per month for three months with Mate Mobile Plans. Make the switch to Mate today.